Hello and welcome to the WordPress Chick Podcast. Brought to you by the WPChick.com. WordPress explained for those of us who get headaches when we hear words like PHP and functions, but want to make money with their WordPress sites. No boring code snippets here. Just WordPress happiness made easy. Now, here's your host, Kim Doyle, the WordPress Chick. Hello, my friends. What is up? Welcome to another episode of the WordPress Chick Podcast. You're in for a treat today. I swear to God, you guys, one of these days I'm going to find another way to say you're in for a treat. (laughs) Oh, goodness. All right. We are talking social warfare today, as in the social warfare plugin. I've got Dustin Stout on the show. And let me tell you, (laughs) it pays to dive a little deeper, to dig a little bit deeper into the tools you purchase. And (laughs) you're going to hear all about this in this show. But you're also going to hear what makes this plugin so unique and why I'm a little bit obsessed with it now. So enjoy the show and let me know what you think. Again, this is Dustin Stout with Social Warfare. So, uh, you know, before we jump into Warfare plugins, um, I'd love for you to share sort of your your trajectory here, your journey with online marketing. You've got a personal blog that's fantastic. Um, I'd just love for you to share that with the listeners, if you could. Yeah, absolutely. So uh, like many people in our uh, the social media consulting and content marketing realm, I kind of just fell into it because I had a I had an interest, I had a curiosity about online things. And um, yeah, at the time, uh, back, oh gosh, years ago now, I can't even remember the year. Um, but uh, before I was married, even back in, uh, I think, 2005 or six, I took a job for my local church and I was uh, the resident youth pastor. And, um, you know, being in a small church, well, a small church that's actually part of a much larger church uh, with a lot of resources. Uh, but our small little uh, campus didn't have a whole lot of resources, which means I had to wear a lot of hats. And I was a creative guy. I did a lot of graphic design. And so uh, I was in charge of creating a, uh, you know, a, an attractive uh, place for teenagers to come. And it was my job to reach out to, to teenagers in the local area and, uh, you know, get them to come see what we're all about. And so I, I knew that Facebook was kind of a big deal uh, at that time, uh, you know, back in 2006 or seven. Um, and so I started just, you know, getting on Facebook and slowly but surely found I had a knack for digital things. Uh, fast forward to 2009, I finally got on Twitter because I was at a conference and uh, heard a talk from a guy named Michael Hyatt. I don't know if you heard of that guy. <laughs> I um, think I'm kind of familiar. <laughs> yeah, uh, he might have done a few significant things. But he gave a talk, and this was actually before his book Platform came out. He was actually you know, in the process of writing this book as he was delivering this talk and it was all about building your online platform. And it, it really resonated with me because I was in this strange place of, you know, do I start a blog? Uh, I kind of want to start a blog just so I can write my thoughts and sort of catalog what I've been teaching uh, these teenagers. And so I started a blog um, and before too long came across a guy named John Saddington who was writing about WordPress and his, uh, at the time he had a company who built a WordPress theme called standard theme. And so he got me hooked on WordPress and I knew Michael Hyatt used WordPress. And so I was like, all right, let's jump into this WordPress thing. Um, and so I started blogging professionally 
or, you know, more seriously, I guess you can say in, uh, in 2010, uh, is where I decided to dip my foot into the WordPress world. And then in 2011, finally had it ready to where I launched Dustin TV, March, 2011, um, as just a place where I can write my thoughts about what I was learning in social media uh, about Twitter and um, you know Facebook and YouTube and all the social things at that time, and it was only a, a few months later in July, uh, where when Google Plus came out, and that sort of was my new obsession. Uh, so I dove in hard to to all all the cool social networks at the time, and just started writing about things that I was discovering. And sure enough, you know, writing from a perspective of someone who's not an expert who is not claiming to be an authority, but just sort of writing to myself or people like myself, discovering what it means to to excel on social media and sort of find your target audience, which at the time, my target audience was teenagers. So um, yeah, I mean, before too long, people just started, I guess, reading and uh, subscribing <laughs> and appreciating what I had to say. So I, I said more of it. And, uh, you know, fast forward to 2016, I was named, uh, one of the top social media blogs by social media examiner a couple years back and, um, uh, built a couple businesses because of my, uh, the knowledge that I've acquired. And I, I think I've helped a few people, um, in the world of social media and, and content marketing. And I just feel, uh, I feel like a, like a kid who just kind of got lucky and, um, was, uh, just very blessed to, to get where I am today. I love your story, Dustin, mainly because, well, it resonates with me. I was totally self-taught with WordPress. And there's something about figuring it out, learning it out on your own and just sharing that experience, It's which tends to be the best type of content, in my experience, that that is relatable. And, and yeah. right. And so yeah. people can say, oh, well, he did this. And it's sort of that, I don't want to say case study model, but it's I always tell people when they get stuck with content, I'm like, share your story. Just, just write, just yeah. share what you're doing. Right. Well, one of the most effective forms of leadership is leading by example. You know, it's, it's uh, one of my favorite quotes is don't do as I say, do as I do. Uh, because that's what people tend to do anyways. You can say one thing all day long, but unless you do it and people see you do it, it doesn't really connect as well. So uh, I guess that's one of the reasons why it's such an effective model. Yeah. And your sites are beautiful, by the way. I just had to share. <laughs> Obviously, with design. Yeah, I love your sites. Um, so let's, so tell me how you went from that to Warfare plugins. And there are a few of you at the company with Warfare plugins, right? So how did that come about? Yeah. So it's a cool story. Um, you know, somewhere in that journey that I just shared with you, uh, I taught myself how to build WordPress sites. Thanks a, a lot to John Saddington and his, uh, his, his theme standard theme, which had a great community around it. And I was able to, you know, through the forums, just pick people's brains and, and ask people questions and figured out how to design WordPress themes on my own. Yeah. He's a pretty so, amazing guy. <laughs> yeah, oh, you know, John, not personally, but I mean, I followed him, I followed his blog and then oh, yeah. he had done, um, what was it? It was kind of like an Instagram plugin for, but for WordPress. Yeah. Right? Yep. Yeah. That he did that. And then I, I've got his desk app. <laughs> Oh yeah, I use desk, uh, religiously. I was yeah. just, before you called, actually, I was in desk typing my next blog post about Google Analytics. Nice. Um, I'm but yes. Yeah, so, yeah. Sorry, go ahead. <laughs> yeah. So thank, uh, you know, John actually is a, is a friend of mine. We, we chatted yesterday. Uh, we, he was the first contact that I called when I downloaded, uh, Google's new, 
um, app. What is it called? Duo. I just heard about that. Is that yeah? Yeah. So I gave him a call. But anyways, so I learned how to build WordPress sites, and so every year, uh, just sort of as a you know my my own. W- one of the things I believe is that my my own work, the work that I do on my own blog, is my my greatest uh, proof of my ability. Uh, you know the the attention that I give to my own sites, I like to show you know like this is this is the attention that I give to everything that I build. And if I can't prove it on my own site that I'm capable of something, then you know I shouldn't be doing it. So every year on Dustin TV, I would do a big redesign of the site. And it was usually pretty dramatic. Uh, and in 2014, um, I was planning on re- redesigning again. But at the end of 2013 is you know when I generally start planning this and tinkering with things. And at the time, I had just met my two partners, uh, uh, my two current partners, who then were just friends, Nicholas Cardot, who is our lead developer, and Jason Weiser, who owns a WordPress development company and uh, hosting company. So I knew those two and, uh, they were sort of my go-to development guys. I'm, I'm not a developer. I would never claim to be that smart. I'm a front end guy and I stick to what I know. I know how to do the front end of, you know, making things look pretty. <laughs> um, but I, but I have an attention to detail and, uh, you know, from a development standpoint, I knew certain things that I wanted out of, uh, my website and particularly as I was consulting in the world of social media alongside building websites, I knew there were a number of things that I wanted social sharing plugins to do on my site, but historically, social sharing plugins sucked. And <laughs> I mean, even to this day, the large majority of them unfortunately suck. Um, so most developers know the biggest problems are load times. Most social sharing plugins will destroy your page load times, which destroys user experience and it destroys your SEO. So that was a big problem for me. I didn't want slow buttons on my site. And, uh, you know, there was some behind the scenes things that I wanted buttons to do. And unfortunately, many of the share buttons out there, uh, were just broken. They didn't work right. Or they worked in such a generic and, um, non-intelligent way. Um, best way. Yeah. Well, no, you're, you're being very diplomatic. (laughs) That's great. (laughs) They worked in such a stupid way. Can, can that, you share uh, some of the behind the scenes things that you wanted for the plugin, uh, a plugin yeah, to do? I mean, I mean, and one of the most, uh, I think compelling things was the fact that, uh, one of my good friends, Peg Fitzpatrick, who's sort of known in the social media world, um, her and alongside with my friend, uh, Jeff C and Rebecca Radice, they were all three of them were like the trio of Pinterest evangelists, right? They were telling me all day long how I needed to be on Pinterest and I needed to, uh, you know, uh, spend time there. And I was like, look, my blog is getting a great <laughs> amount of traffic. And most of that traffic, 50% of it is coming from Google Plus, where I've done a really good job of sort of doing what other people can't. And that's, you know, get value out of Google Plus. Um, and Pinterest is like 3% of my, uh, my inbound traffic. So why would I spend more time there? If, if I were going to be successful on Pinterest, I would already be successful on Pinterest because I create great, beautiful graphics already. And they said, well, no, 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 no. You need to create a specific kind of visual graphic that works on Pinterest because you create great, uh, great, uh, horizontal images or landscape images, but on Pinterest, tall images rule. 
So I thought, all right, well, I don't want to put a tall image on my page because that just looks ugly and yeah. interrupts <laughs> the user experience. So what if I had a pin Pinterest uh, button that I could hide a Pinterest-specific image in, and when the user clicks that pin button, they get exactly the image that I want them to pin because I've optimized it for Pinterest. And then it has the description that I've written myself because I know how powerful Pinterest search is and I want to make sure that it's as search optimized as possible. So that's one of the things I wished a plugin did. And it was actually Jason uh, from our team who gave me that idea. Uh, and I also wanted to be able to, to customize the tweets that were sent out. So when someone hits that Twitter button, I don't want them to just grab the title and a link because we know by loads of data that that, that kind of a tweet doesn't get as many clicks. Yeah. I wanted to optimize every social share that went out to get maximum clicks and maximum traffic back to the site. And so uh, the Twitter button was one. I wanted to be able to customize the image that gets shared on social media when somebody um, shares it. So all of those, you know, as we, as I went to Nick and I, I designed a, the front end, like Nick, if, if you were to create buttons that looked like this, how hard would that be? Uh, and it's just simple, simply like the aesthetic of it. Uh, and he said, ah, eh, not that hard. And then, you know, we started talking about, well, is it possible to build these backend features and these this hidden Pinterest image and the custom tweet? And so we just started brainstorming. And all of a sudden, we had a, a, a beta version uh, that we used Dustin TV as a guinea pig for. Um, and sure enough, as soon as we started using it, man, the, the results were incredible. Uh, Pinterest in particular, from someone who was resistant to Pinterest, uh, me not wanting to spend any time. I started creating a Pinterest specific image, a tall image, an optimized description for every blog post, literally 30 days after using that technique with our beta, you know, clunky version of social warfare, my Pinterest traffic increased 400%. Uh, and then a year later, 2000% increase. And it is now to this day, the number one source of traffic from social because of that one Pinterest optimized share button. Okay, you got to stop for a second because there's like 800 questions in there. Right? Um, yeah. Oh my God. You know, it's funny because I went and for everybody listening, by the time this episode goes live, I'll have a full post and video and my, and I'll track my results with this because, um, it, it's just crazy. I, and I noticed on your personal blog and bear with me, I talk in circles. So <laughs> I had noticed on your personal blog, use co-schedule too. I'm a huge fan. Oh, yeah. And, but it's one of those things that sometimes it's, it's just like you said, be able to customize it. And I love the ability. So while we're talking, I'm on the, the warfare plugin site and I'm like, okay, let's share this on Pinterest. I'm like, I friggin love that. I love it. I love it. I love it. And it was the first time I had heard that Pinterest considers themselves I'd interviewed Cynthia Sanchez a couple of years ago and she said, you know, they think of themselves as a search engine, not so much a social yeah. platform. And I was like, so I know there's so much more there, God, but, but I just, I cannot begin to, this experience just doing it. I want the, I just want the listeners to understand that I'm, so I'm on the site and I'm doing this while you're, I'm, I'm totally listening, but I'm like, Oh, let me check this out. And holy moly, that is amazing. It, it's just, it's beautiful too. the entire experience. I just have to tell you. Pretty that. incredible, right? I yeah. mean, the, the idea here, you know, I've done a little bit of research and, and study in the, in a, in a number of areas that, that helped, helped us to really make social warfare what it is today. And it's the areas of human psychology and conversion rate optimization. 
And that's really what we've built social warfare to be. Uh, that's why we tout it as, you know, the, the plugin that actually drives traffic and drives shares to your site. And the, the thing that you have to understand about human psychology is they want things to be easy. Like they don't want to have to think a lot. And if you want them to do, to perform a call to action, you want to remove as, as, as much resistance and as much friction from performing that action as possible. So with that, specifically with the pin button, the pin button is just one of the easiest ones to explain because it's such a visual uh, thing. They click that pin button. The image is already in place. The description is already written. All they have to do is pick a board. Whereas <laughs> I just, did I it. mean, it's literally the, just pick a board. It's all done for you. Whereas with the traditional pin button and with every other social sharing plugin out there, uh, that I've seen. I haven't seen anybody, anybody that does. I was expecting someone to copy us by now. Um, yeah, <laughs> you would think. Yeah. Haven't. But, uh, you know, f- the traditional pin button, they hit the pin button and then they're presented with all the images on the page. So then they have to make a choice like which image do I want to pin? And then once they pick that image, then they have to write a description. And if if they feel like it, if they're that inclined to write a description and you can't expect them to, you know, no search engine optimization or Pinterest optimization or even care if it's optimized. Uh, you know, so if they write a description, then they can pick a board and then they can share it. So it's like we've eliminated at least 500 steps in the process Holy <laughs> moly. of sharing on Pinterest. And that's why it's so successful. Yeah. It, and it's just Okay. Yeah. That was just really fun to be doing that while you were talking about it because I think oftentimes people will see, you know, you see the social share buttons and, and I know that the content, everything's on the site and, but you see it, but like to actually go through it and experience it, 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 it looks fantastic. Um, Good. I, yeah. I got, I got a little sideways like there. I'm like, yep. So are there anything else that you wanted within the buttons? So the Pinterest one, great. Totally yeah. Get that. So what about some of the other platforms? Yeah, well, so um, Facebook, Google+, um, uh, LinkedIn, uh, even Twitter cards, if you're familiar with Twitter cards, they all use this protocol. It's a standard internet protocol called OpenGraph. Mm-hmm. And this is when you share a link on Facebook, you see uh, an image that pops up, gets pulled in, and then a title and description. So I wanted to be able to customize that for social because we all know that we scan through a thousand posts on Facebook a day. And only certain ones are going to capture our attention. And so I wanted to utilize, uh, you know, a different sort of title and description and image for social than, say, for search engines. Um, because Open Graph is not followed by search engines. Search engines are looking for a different set of meta tags. Um, so Open Graph, our custom uh, social media image title and description allows you to do that. That's one of the things I really wanted. Uh, I also wanted to be able to put in my own Google Analytics UTM tracking. I'm a big Google Analytics nut, mm-hmm. and I love tracking you know, how my stuff is performing. And so we have the ability to add uh, UTM strings at the end of your uh, each shared URL. So you can go into Google Analytics and see exactly how your, um, how your shares are performing on which social network. Uh, we recently added click tracking, so you can actually see how many times the buttons are clicked. Nice. Um, which is important to know because you want to optimize for you know whatever your audience is clicking most. Again, going back to that conversion rate optimization, give them less sharing options and only the most effective sharing options, uh, and you'll get better results. So, yeah, I mean it's really evolved over the last two years, but I mean at a high level, it was really that 
visual beauty. I wanted something that looked good. I wanted something that I can customize to my site. And I also wanted to, to be able to customize how the shares were, were shared um, when I'm not there to share them. <laughs> yeah, no, I mean, that totally makes sense. So I, I'm sorry, I know I went way sideways with a lot of that. But let's talk a little bit about the company then. So you were talking with, um, with Nick. And when did you guys decide, all right, let's, let's make this, let's sell it? So it was about, uh, you know, I'd probably say two or three months in after we started tinkering with the the beta version on Dustin TV. And, you know, Jason is our business guy and he, you know, I th- I'm pretty sure he had, he was the first one to think, well, what if we started selling this as a premium plugin? And, uh, I thought that's a great idea. Um, I trust both of these guys. These are, these are two of the guys that if I were to put together a development dream team, they're the ones who I would have done it with. And it just so happened that that's how it worked out. And so we, uh, we charged Jason, um, with, with the, the business side of things, getting the LLC, all the business, uh, papers, you know, all that stuff that us creative people run from, uh, <laughs> um, all of that. Yeah. I'm like, oh, yeah. yeah. So he was charged with, you know, just, uh, making the business side happen. And so he did. And, uh, it was, it was by October. Uh, so we, we started this around early or probably December of 2013. I want to say is when we started chatting through the idea of a social plugin and then throwing our ideas together. And then probably not till about March or April is when we thought, well, let's turn this thing into an actual paid plugin. Uh, and then, so that was April 2014-ish, and it wasn't until October of 2014, nine months of development, uh, nine months of like official development, where we finally released a beta version to a small set of about 300 beta users. Wow. Okay. And so how did the beta go? Was it, now this time, this was your first uh, step, right, into the premium WordPress marketplace, right? Yeah, all of us, not, none of us had ever created a and sold a plugin before. Um, J- Jason and Nick had both built plugins, but for their own purposes kind of thing. Yeah. Um, <laughs> Lots I, of developers do that. I'll just create Right, yeah. <laughs> uh, I never had. Uh, but thankfully, I had a very large network. Be, being a professional blogger, I, I knew a bunch of professional bloggers. And, you know, Peg Fitzpatrick was one of them, uh, Rebecca Radice, and you know, a lot of these friends that I had built and they were our first users of social warfare to sort of test the waters. And because I knew the struggles that they had as bloggers and as social media professionals, um, you know, we kind of built the product around those pain points and they were our pain points too. So we, we sort of solved our own problem and we knew that we were solving their problems. And so right out of the gate, not only were they enthusiastically beta testing it for us, but they were enthusiastically spreading the word for us. That's awesome. <laughs> uh, because I mean, cause it solved a real number of problems for them. And, uh, of course we were friends, so that helped also. And, uh, it, it just, it kind of caught like wildfire right off the bat. That's fantastic. One of the things that I had, <clears throat> I kind of teeny tiny dipped my toes into this years ago and development, not me doing it, but the programmer and, one of the challenges that I realized in doing this, and this is why I, I really love the the pricing model of either a renewal license every year. I mean, because there's a yeah. lot of support that goes oh into gosh. this. So we didn't actually start with the renewal model. <laughs> yeah. And that was, uh, you know, that was just us being new and not really knowing. And 
I think it was only a gosh. So we launched beta in October, and it wasn't until April of 2015, I think, that we we finally instituted the yearly renewal because really quick we realized that WordPress is a beast. <laughs> and you will never know what kind of a WordPress environment your plugin is walking into and the, the potential for conflicts and, you know, just little bugs and glitches. And, uh, it's, it's huge and support starts to become a bit of a, a lion. Um, if you don't, uh, if you don't tame it, it will eat you. So yeah, we had to switch to that and it was off the advice of, uh, uh, two friends who um, have both built successful plugins. One of them is Syed Belki, who yep. uh, is the founder of WP Beginner. Um, he advised me uh, right away when I first told him about this. Said you need to go to renewal model right away. And then the other was uh, James over at WP Ninjas. Um, he also advised me, and he's been kind of a mentor along the way. And uh, yeah, right, pretty quickly we realized if we don't do a yearly renewal model we're going to burn out on this thing and we're not going to be able to support it uh, so we want to make sure it's the best plugin possible so we need to charge uh you know accordingly so that we can keep it going that's great that you i mean one awesome to have some friends and mentors that guided you along that road and you know in terms of the pricing of the plugin did you was that did you guys test that what was that model like i know a lot of people I, I still think they're they're total deals. <laughs> you know? Yeah, yeah. I mean, from the very even when we when we had our static price, you know, the one time for a life price, people told us it's way too cheap. <laughs> well, I mean, way too inexpensive. You need to be charging like five times as much. And based on the other premium sharing plugins that were out there, we were well below the you know the the current. I, I think at the time, a uh, popular option was um, was about eighty dollars a year. Mm-hmm. and uh that was one of the most popular options out there and we thought well you know we we feel like it's a, a bit inaccessible to the most of the people that we know and love and care about and want to use this plugin so we just kind of talked it through and thought well let's start with this number and uh yeah it's less than we probably could ask but let's start there and see how that works and sure enough we realized eh, yeah it's still a little little uh less than we probably could ask for and then support started to amp up even more and then we thought all right well let's let's as we add features in as we add value to the plugin and make it better we'll increment the uh the pricing scale little by little and just maybe uh do a little surveying here and there and see how people respond to it and and so far every time we've had a price increase um nobody is bad at an eye and in fact, we've gotten, uh, you know, we've gotten people saying that you should have increased it more. I would have happily paid more. <laughs> well, yeah, I mean, the single license is 29 bucks. Yeah, right? 29 yeah. bucks a year. I, I mean, that's a that's a steal <laughs> for what this does. Um, yeah, so that that's great. And I'm glad you guys switched that model. I personally think it should be the standard for all WordPress plugins. <laughs> uh, anything I, I that's premium. Well. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. yeah, we're actually, I'm looking to, since we finally... Um, allowed a free tier to the plugin. We finally released it in the WordPress repository with a number of free features that you can access without having a premium license. Uh, we're actually looking at talking to a number of hosting companies and having it packaged as part of their uh, WordPress software installs. Yeah, that's an interesting model. I've, I've noticed that with, I, I went to a recent um, WordPress meetup Troy Dean was in San Francisco and GoDaddy hosted it for us. And, you know, with all of the managed WordPress options that are coming out, 
you know, you go to and you do a WordPress install. And it's like, oh, here's themes. Here's a marketplace. Here's all this, you know, for, and I think for the everyday user, that's great. I, I think for yeah. that person oh, who's totally. like, I just want to do my own site. They're not into developing client stuff. So, um, why make them go look for it if it's there? <laughs> exactly. Yeah. Yeah. That's great. So what, uh, what are some of the, can you share any challenges or struggles you guys dealt with in terms of getting this? I mean, you already had a, a platform, no pun intended with Michael, um, but you already had the platform in the audience. So in stepping into this, was there anything, obviously hindsight's twenty twenty though, but that maybe you would have done differently? I don't think there's anything we would have done differently. Um, not to say that we've done everything right along the way. Uh, I think we've learned a lot along the way and, and it was a, it was a growth curve that we, we needed to go through. And one of our biggest challenges to this day, uh, in fact, in, in today's weekly meeting, it was the topic of conversation was, you know, handling support. Um, and we really want to be there for every one of our users. And, you know, there's just, like I said, WordPress is a, is a beast and there's a lot of potential for conflict. And so, you know, I think if there's anything we could have done better, it is really strategize a way to eliminate as many potential bugs and conflicts as possible, come up with sort of a development protocol to, um, you know, work out all the bugs ahead of time. Um, and it's still, you know, one of those difficult things because there are a million themes out there and a million different plugins, hosting environments, (laughs) right? Yeah. So, but you know, if, if we could have, uh, earlier come up with a, a, like a standardized process where we can sort of test the limits of the plugin with different configurations and different ideas. Um, that would have been great. It would have helped, uh, you know, not back up support a uh, number of times whenever we release uh, new, new versions. There's always, you know, a few bugs that we, we couldn't have anticipated, but yeah, if anything, it's just, you know, spend some more time and figure out a process to make sure that, uh, we can anticipate any conflicts or bugs and eliminate them before we get a hundred support tickets in our inbox. <laughs> no doubt. Well, you guys have a great knowledge base too. There's a lot of articles. Um, oh, we try. We do try. Yeah. No doubt you're adding, you're adding more, right? Oh yeah. Yeah. Basically whenever we come up across something that's more than a few people are experiencing, uh, what I'll do is I'll take my response to them or, or Nick's response and we'll, we'll just create an article out of it. Uh, it's actually, uh, using CoSchedule, it's actually part of our editorial calendar to, <laughs> I actually have articles on the editorial calendar to, to either create or to update as we update the, the software. Nice. I'm, it's, I'm, I'm very excited that you use that because I just, it, CoSchedule was one of those things that I got when it first came out and I was like, oh, okay. And then it was like, then I started getting into it. I'm like, I friggin' love this. <laughs> oh, yeah. I can't live without it now. No, no. So I noticed, too, in, in your FAQs, one of the questions was, is social warfare only for WordPress? Have you guys, are you looking at a SaaS model or just other platforms? Oh, man, we've gotten asked that question probably a thousand times. I know, uh, a thousand and one. <laughs> yeah, a thousand and one. Uh, like right, and even right out the gate, uh, I have some friends who are their WordPress developers, but they also develop outside of WordPress as well. And they instantly said, man, I wish I could put this on my client's Joomla site or their uh, Drupal site, or I wish I could put this on my, my, uh, HTML site. Um, and people who use HubSpot, a lot of HubSpot users came to us right away and were asking, are you going to do you know, any integration with HubSpot at all? And you know, honestly, we would love to. I mean, we would absolutely love to give everyone access to this kind of a technology. 
Um, but our strength and our knowledge is currently in WordPress. If we are so blessed that we are uh, able to hire on people um, and grow our staff to the point where we can hire people outside of the WordPress realm, we absolutely would love to develop it for you know, different platforms. But uh, at the moment, we're going to stick to what we know and build the best darn product possible for that platform. Makes sense to me. And I'm going to go ahead and assume that people who listen to this show are only WordPress users. So (laughs) I'm not using anything else. Um, so what would you recommend to somebody who maybe has a, a product and for WordPress plugin theme, you know, what would you recommend if somebody wants to get, let's just kind of simplify it to the plugin piece. And, uh, what would you recommend if somebody was looking at getting into the premium plugin space? Uh, number one yearly renewal model. (laughs) (laughs) So I think the most important thing is that you solve a problem that people actually have. And there's a lot of really great ideas out there. And, um, you know, as an entrepreneur myself, I have ideas every day of something else that I'd like to do or try or I think would be good, but they really only solve my problem or they only kind of fit my uh, way of looking at the world. And I think it's uber important that we really uh, just just have an idea of what the community at large is is feeling or the problems that they're encountering. Uh, if you start your business with a, with a product and only a product, you're going to fail. Whereas if you start your uh, business with a target audience and a problem for that target audience or a, a solved or a solution for that target audience, then you have a real business on your hands. Um, and that's, you know, that's one of the things that we were fortunate enough to have right away is we had a, not only a problem to solve, but an audience to, that we solved it for. And well, and you, were, and you were already communicating yeah. with people who needed what you had, right? I mean, yeah. and providing value and building an audience now. And, and with that, like you don't have to get into, I'm not sure how your, 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 what your monetization model is for Dustin TV, but a lot of people might hear that and think, well, the audience piece, like, the truth, that's the marathon strategy, right? So mm-hmm. in doing that is, you know, did you, how did you do that for yourself? Maybe if you're, if you're up for sharing that in terms of how did you earn a living <laughs> while building an audience and connecting and engaging, but you still have bills to pay? <laughs> yeah. I mean, for, for Dustin TV, I still don't have a solid monetization strategy <laughs> apart from the fact that it having a blog where I share my, my knowledge and my expertise has afforded me a lot of opportunities. I've gotten a lot of clients, um, consulting clients through uh, my blog. A lot of the uh, the people who subscribe to my email list are working for companies uh, who who need help in social media. That's why they subscribed because they wanted to know more, or uh, you know they see my design. Actually, my very first client ever, the the sort of light bulb moment I had when I was like, oh, I can make a living doing this, was um, I, I had done my first design of Dustin TV on standard theme. And, uh, you know, I customized it, made it look all pretty. And uh, a friend of mine who was actually a, an elder at our church, he came to me and said, hey, I read your blog the other day and I was looking at it. It's, it's really, really, it looks really good. And uh, I said, well, thank you. I did it myself. And he goes, oh, you did it yourself? Uh, well, could you do it for me? Could you design my blog? Uh, I kind of been following Michael Hyatt and want to look similar to his. And I thought, yeah, I could probably do that. I can probably design yours and give it a Michael Hyatt-ish look. <laughs> and, and he said, uh, he responded, well, great. How much do you charge? 
And I never thought of asking for <laughs> a fee in exchange for my services. And that kind of began my consulting journey. He also had some social media questions. And so he put me on a, a retainer to, uh, to consult him on a regular basis and to build websites. And so that became my monetization strategy for Dustin TV, freely share my, my knowledge and what I'm learning, my expertise. And because of that, people get in touch and email me and say, I need help. Can you, can I hire you, hire you to help me or build my website for me? Um, and that's just sort of how it worked. That's fantastic. So I, I love that. I love these accidental things. It was kind of my trajectory. I, <laughs> I, I never intended to do WordPress sites either. I just wanted an online business. So. Right, um, yeah. And you stick with it, right? And so I think that's it. And, and yeah. through the, you know, the blogging and the content piece, uh, not to get away from social warfare, because obviously the goal is to share content <laughs> with the plugin. Right. Um, you know, I think a lot of people look at content and, when they struggle with it, what would you recommend to somebody who, you know, is not sure where their voice is in there? You know what I'm saying? It's like maybe they've got an online business and they kind of create content, but, you know, finding your voice within the content so it's really your brand can be tricky. Yeah. And, you know, I wrote a blog post about this and um, I, it's, it sounds oversimplified and some people have even told me it sounds kind of counterintuitive, but, the, the best way I've found to find my voice is to not write for everybody. A lot of times as bloggers, I feel like we're trying to craft this content that will reach as many people as possible. And, you know, that's the goal of any business, right? To meet, to, to reach out and have as many eyeballs and as many customers and as many, uh, you know, impressions as humanly possible. But I think in order to be successful, you have to reverse that. And every piece of content that you write should be written for one person. And that one person should be somebody you personally know, somebody whose name you know, somebody whose eyeballs you can look into, and you can write as if you're speaking directly to them. And that's how I write every single blog post. Uh, I sit down with a blog post and I don't say, you know, what, what persona am I writing this <laughs> to? Or what avatar is this for? No, I go, who do I know that needs to hear what I'm about to say? And then I sit down and I write it as if I'm speaking directly to them. And that's that's how it comes through as your real voice. Because when you're writing to someone you know and have a vested relational uh, interest in, then you write better. You write more clearly and you write in your own voice. I friggin' love that. I, I really do, Dustin, because I've I've done all those persona exercises and avatars. <laughs> and then it was just... <laughs> I shared this with a friend yesterday who was the the cause of this is I had sort of a frustrated Skype conversation and it's like uh-huh. a four-year-old post, but I was like, that is it. I'm done. I, I cannot keep trying to be like, it, it, you get so in your head with, you yeah. know, how does this sound and who am I talking to and, and all of these things. And I sent her an email yesterday joking that I was going to do a satirical list post on like the seven ways you can create five posts that'll save you three hours a day and, and two in two minutes. Like it was just cause it, cause sometimes people come up with list posts just because they think Lists. people likes them. And I'm like, is right. this a value or why are you telling me the same 10 plugins that 500 other sites have done yesterday? So, right. So I love that advice. That's awesome. And, yeah. And it really truly works. Honestly, there are more people uh, on my email list that say, you know, I feel like you wrote this exactly for me. Thank you so much. Or, 
you know, that, that article is exactly what I needed to hear. Yeah. It's not what a thousand people, it's what that one person needed to hear. And it comes through in your writing. So if you're struggling with your voice, it's probably because you're not writing to anyone specific. Now, I, I just, I'm just sitting here like, you know, if I can hear like angels and choirs singing, like how, <laughs> I'm like, I've got another show that I'm doing with a friend and we're doing this, um, like a t-shirt and a mug that say F the hustle because <laughs> there's something about that. Go, 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 go. And it's, if you just talk and share, there's an effortless mm-hmm. and a, and, and a genuine, you know, you don't need to be taught how to be authentic. Just, just do your right. thing. <laughs> yeah. Um, this uh. is going to sound like sort of a sideways question. So, um, but everything you're saying really resonates with me. And I know that my audience is going to love it simply in, and how you guys do business and, and, and how you create value. What is your, do you have sort of a business philosophy and, and, and how do you run? You know, I guess, how do I, how do I ask this? Um, you know, sort of where I was joking around about the hustle, but there is sort of this, you know, you don't want to miss out on life. You've got little kids and <laughs> your time yeah. is, you know, all of us have, t- have time issues, but it's, you know, there, there's a, um, I don't know, life is to be lived too while building something that makes you happy. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I mean, you know, I, I think it's important to say too that I, I work from home, um, all day, uh, every day. <laughs> And it's, it's really a blessing. It's, it's a dream really. Uh, it does have its challenges, but it wasn't always this way. Uh, I did have a full-time job when I first started consulting. I was working for a, a t-shirt printing company, uh, designing custom t-shirts for organizations. Um, and that was a full-time job. And so I had to blog, uh, early mornings, you know, I would wake up sometimes four or 5 AM in the morning and write as much as I can before my family woke up and, uh, you know, have morning time with the family. And then I would go to work, be there by eight, eight thirty, and be there till five, five thirty. come home, spend time with the kids. And as soon as they went to bed, I was working on my next blog post or cultivating my social media. And I did that for probably two and a half years Wow! Uh, until, uh, you know, social warfare came along. And then I also got an opportunity to, to work for a, a marketing firm, um, so I, I kind of took a part-time role with this marketing firm, uh, which I'm still with now. They're, they're called Steady Demand. Uh, so I, I work, you know, a few hours a day doing that work, and that allowed me to go home, work from home, and uh, work hard during the day on on the client work, but also start to build my own stuff on a more permanent basis, which then allowed me to spend more time with the family. So my nine to five clock in clock out was gone and I can be home. Uh, but there's still also this element of, you know, the word hustle is kind of a joke now. Um, (laughs) but, but I mean, I, I respect the, the philosophy of work really hard, uh, for, for the hours that you're working and then be sure that you have a stopping point. Um, I think that's the one thing that kind of gets lost, you know, in as much as I love Gary V, I respect him. Um, what he's built. Uh, I think sometimes he goes a little bit over the top with how much one should work, but he's also an Uber family guy. Many people don't know that about him. He he's all about family and he doesn't share a whole lot about how he guards that time with his family. I wish he did. Yeah. Um, but I know he does. I know he, he guards his time with his family very closely. And, um, I think we all need to just figure out, strike up what that work life balance is. Not that there really is such a thing. It's yeah. really just a work life juggle <laughs> and we get better at juggling it. Um, but my philosophy is just, uh, you know, pick the hours of the day that you work, 
work as hard as you stinking can and uh and be done at a at a certain point <laughs> yeah the day. it's funny i i sent out a an email today and it was the subject line was literally my love hate relationship with gary v because of that. And yeah. I, I met him actually in Vegas, it, it, like in an elevator, one of those chance things where I'm alone oh, yeah. and, and then the doors open and that's him. And I'm like, Gary Vee, great guy. Took a picture, chatted for oh, a second. Yeah. But he's also the first person to say, it's funny because on one hand, he's like, be you, do you, do what works for you. Don't try to be me. And at the same time, you know, I agree the word hustle is just lost at this point. Um, yeah. But it is. And so, I have just found sort of, and, and it's probably as I've gotten older in life that, you know, my priorities shift and, and then if I work smarter and focus, I get more done anyways. I don't need to work 16 hours a day. Yeah. Yeah. I'm also a big fan of like being really disciplined with your time. Um, I, I actually came up with my own version of the Pomodoro technique. I don't know if you've heard of the Pomodoro technique. I've heard of it. I'm not totally familiar with it. Well, in a nutshell, it's it's this idea that you work in 20 to 25 minute sprints and you work on one thing at a time for 20 minutes and then you take a two to three minute break. Um, and, uh, you know, not only is it great for productivity because it kind of gives you a time limit every 20 minutes to get this done in 20 minutes, but then it gives you a break, a rest, a slight recharge, and then you get back to work. But for us people who work on laptops all day long and stare at screens all day long, um, it's also great for your eyes. And uh, they say that looking at a screen for more than 20 minutes can do very significant long-term damage to your eyes. So so I've basically modified my schedule to where I know what I need to do in a day, uh, the number of things I should accomplish, and then I do them in 20-minute sprints. And every 20 minutes, I take a break, I walk away from the computer, rest my eyes, and then I come back to work. And uh, you know, it starts at 8 a.m. and ends at 5 p.m., uh, Oh, I try to end it at 5 p.m., but sometimes there's that email that you're working on. You're like, gosh, I have to get this email out. So sometimes it goes over. But, you know, being disciplined and and, uh, really intentional about your time really helps helps that juggle of daily work life. I I couldn't agree more. And I don't know. You know, I think we all need to find what works for us. So at a certain point, you know, trust your gut, turn off the Mm -hmm. noise and step back and say, "Eh," because every time I've had that niggly feeling, I end up going, I knew it. I knew it. I shouldn't have done this or I should have stuck with this. But anyways, so I know you can't tell us, you know, the, the teaser of the plugins, but anything else, you know, to look forward to what, what else is coming for warfare plugins for the remainder of this year or will a plugin be released? What, what's coming? Um, probably not this year. We're, we're trying to deliver some on some promises that we made for version 2.0 when it came out that didn't make it into 2.0 specifically a social follow widget for those who want to display all their social accounts in their sidebar or something like that and display how many followers they have for some social proof and give people an easy way to follow them. Uh, we're working on that social follow widget to add it into social warfare. And uh, yeah, I think that's one of the big things. And um, there's a, a Twitter feature that a lot of people have been asking for that we've been trying to accomplish, but it requires uh, some <clears throat> significant um, modifications to the plugin. And we've made a lot of those, but one of those modifications is adding the ability to connect via OAuth to Twitter, Facebook, and all those other platforms, just like you give access to other apps to your Twitter account so they can log in and perform tasks or whatever. And this will allow us to have uh, custom images uploaded to the custom tweet. A lot of people want to be able to upload a- an image directly into the tweet. So this, uh, 
this OAuth um, connections we're working on will allow for that to happen, but that'll also set the groundwork so that we can start uh, implementing that social follow widget as well, which is something a lot of people have requested. Yeah, it's great. I mean, to be able to have one plugin to do both would really be right. nice. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. So are those this year? I is, are you yeah, just, yeah, great. Yeah, these are these are going to ship out this year before we start working on any of the other ideas that we have going. And hopefully within the next month, we're really hoping to push that out because, like I said, we wanted to deliver it with 2.0, but eh, we didn't want to delay to 2.0 for these last couple things. And, well, yeah, um, and software is as software does. I don't know if that makes yeah. any sense, but it just um, yeah. it felt appropriate there. So, yes, um, you know, so before we go, I, I just because you have so much experience online, obviously with the plugin and WordPress and content, any any bit of advice or something you'd like to just kind of leave the listeners with? Just go do it, you know. <laughs> like, well, uh, you know, I I tend to be an analytical kind of person, and and being both analytical and a creative type is is a like having a multiple personality disorder <laughs> in this case. Yeah. But you know, the the one thing that I always go back to, and and a lot of these interviews that I do is just go do something, uh, make make one thing today, or make one step forward today that will. They'll make you feel good about today. Like, what is the one step you need to take that would make you go, I did what I needed to do today. And it wasn't, it wasn't a leap forward. I didn't create an epic piece of content, but maybe I, I wrote the outline for that content or maybe I worked on, maybe, maybe it's, I only did two paragraphs today, but holy crap, I freaking did it, you know? So just do something, do something every day that moves you closer to where you want to be. That is awesome, Dustin. Thank you so much. I have had a blast talking with you and I'm super excited to share this with my listeners as well. Thank you. It's been awesome. This is a really fun interview. Thanks. So everybody, you know the drill. Just hang on uh, for the end and I'll have some some additional links for you directly for the Warfare plugins. And of course, all the links will be in the show notes. As always, guys, thanks so much for listening. Holy moly, was he not a wealth of knowledge? Gosh, I got so pumped after this interview, you guys. I was like, okay, I need to do this and this and content, and I'm going to master Pinterest, I'm going to master Twitter. (laughs) Oh, goodness. He totally inspired me. I love the plugin. I'm using it. Can't say that I've gone 12 ways sideways and other directions, but... Uh, what I would do if I were you is check it out at thewpchick.com forward slash social warfare. That is an affiliate link, but as you can see on my site, I use it and love it. Again, that's the wpchick.com forward slash social warfare. As always, guys, thanks for listening. If you haven't, I would love a review in iTunes. Uh, and I might find a new way to say that one of these days, or maybe not. I love you guys tons. Have an awesome day.